The Nets are worried Kyrie Irving might not be playing home games or even practicing with the team at home. The Phoenix Suns and DeAndre Ayton are at a contract impasse, and the annual GM survey is out. We've got a couple of eyebrow-raising things here for you in the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. Let's do this. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything about the association free and five days a week for you all wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. And thank you very much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every single day. On Wednesdays, I'm your co-host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales at Reds Army underscore John on Twitter and host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. Let's just dive on into this one because I have a couple of feelings here that you're going to have. Uh, you're going to come in strong on Kyrie Irving. This is the reporting from ESPN through Adrian Wojnarowski and Brian Windhorst. The Brooklyn Nets are still unclear on what Kyrie Irving is planning on doing about the COVID-19 vaccination. And now they're preparing for the possibility that he's going to miss home games and home practices just due to the regulations in the state of New York. I'll be honest. After Wiggins got the vaccination and being such a vocal proponent of like not getting it, I thought Kyrie Irving would be vaccinated by now. I thought he was going to do media day from home. He did it from home through Zoom, and then this would blow over, but he made his point by not showing up in person. I am, there's still time for him to get vaccinated before the season starts when this matters, but I'm a little bit surprised. And if I were the Brooklyn Nets, peeved and worried at this point about it. Yeah, you know, it's not surprising to me. It's not surprising. I think Wiggins not getting the vaccine or Wiggins getting the vaccine made Kyrie Irving dig in a little bit more. I, I think if if Wiggins had maybe stood his ground, maybe somehow we might have gotten a little different uh, result here. But with Wiggins caving, and I would say that's how Kyrie would probably view it, that Wiggins caved, Kyrie is probably like, I'm the last man standing. I'm the last one that can stand for my rights and so on and so forth. Fine. Fine. I get it. This is your personal choice. We can't force anybody to get the vaccine, but we can say that this, this can impact your job because the whole thing is you play basketball for the Brooklyn Nets. They pay you money to pay to play for the Brooklyn Nets. Nets. It's not a constitutional right to play NBA basketball. So fine. You want to exercise your rights, whatever. That's fine. That doesn't mean you have to get paid and he won't. That doesn't mean he has to play with the Brooklyn Nets all season and he won't. It doesn't mean he has to be a member of the Brooklyn Nets. They need him gone, trade him, whatever. He's done in Brooklyn as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it, you know, it's weird. And the thing you mentioned about Wiggins kind of caving and getting it, you know, his comments when he announced that he got the vaccine, he was saying, like, I hope there's people who are willing to kind of like pick up the slack and keep on carrying the fight who are stronger than me. And maybe that was kind of a message to Kyrie Irving in a way, a guy who can probably play hardball with this the vaccine more so than a guy like Andrew Wiggins could. So maybe it could kind of send a message to Kyrie, but it's it's weird, right? Like I, I don't really know what, to, like, I, at one point, I don't want to be, like, upset with Kyrie Irving. Like, I guess it's your choice. I think it's a dumb choice, right? I think the stance he's taking on this is really stupid. But if you're willing to forego the money, like, 
do your thing, man. And if the Nets are cool with you only playing half the season in none of the home games, I guess that's cool too. Like it's not really my place. But at the same point, like I'm I'm pretty fed up yeah. with this and like this attitude with these players. And it's just kind of at this point, like screw you. I've seen a lot of people be like, this dude should just retire, right? He clearly doesn't like this and he can't only play half a season. My take on it is like more empowerment to him if you can find a way to do this almost part-time and be a part-time NBA player. But when it gets into the vaccine stuff and the things that they're saying about this, right, it's one thing to to make it a personal choice. It's another thing to throw out like misleading claims about what it does to you or people you've, you you know that it's had. Right. And stuff that's misinformation and actively damaging country, your community, all of that. If you just stayed silent and were like, I don't want to do this, I, I actually could live with that a little bit more. But all of these NBA players, I'm kind I'm just like f- fed up with it. And at this point, I'm almost ready to be like, just just freaking retire. Yeah, Kyrie. you look. I I really am trying to be respectful, but I just I literally just came back from dinner where I was sitting at a bar watching the beginning of the Red Sox Yankees game, and two people on either side of me who are COVID conspiracy theorists were were just going back and forth, and the whole conversation was just infuriating. I cannot get down with the COVID conspiracy theories. You don't want to get the, the the vaccine. I think that's a horrible decision, but let's just, just focusing on the basketball aspect of this. This yeah. is a player who's making a decision that is going to take him away from the team for more than half the season. It's not just that he can't play the games. He can't go practice. So I don't understand how he can be a member of this team. If I'm looking around in that locker room, I mean, Look, I've never played at the NBA level, but I play basketball at a pretty high level. I want to know every time I go out there, who, who's got my back? Who can I trust out there? Who is with me on the floor? And if I look around and Kyrie's not there half the time and he's not in practice half the time, then I don't want him around any of the time. And I'm thinking of this from the perspective of his teammates. How can any one of those teammates say, yeah, I'm cool with Kyrie being here 40% of the time. Like that's just not something that I can get down with as a player. I want continuity. I want somebody that I can trust. I want somebody that's going to perform in my best interest as part of the the, the Brooklyn Nets. So if Kyrie's not there, if he's not in practice, if he's not putting in the work, then what, what he's not even part of the team as far as I'm concerned. It, all of the guys on that team, the all the young guys, the new guys, you, you Patty Mill. How can you come in as as Patty Mill and be, hey, you know what? You're gonna you're gonna fill in. You're gonna get most of those minutes. But then Kyrie just shows up, like saunters in, and says, "Hey, I'm here for the road games." Like, no, no, bro, I'm a starter now. You you gotta sit back and be on the bench. You're backing me up now. You've made your decision. Live with it. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. And how much are these players going to hate it, right? Every single media availability, it's going to be leading off with Kyrie Irving not being there or how did it feel to play with him for that first road game or what have you. It's going to make this really unfun for these guys, I think. And this isn't something that they really want hanging over them when like they didn't start this, they didn't create this, right? And right. Steve Nash, every time he talks to the media, it, this is what it's going to be about. And they're going to hate this narrative and, and all of this kind of hanging over them. 
I'm with you. Like they almost have to trade him at this point because I just, I do not see how this works. Look, I mean, you can get him to another place where he can play because there aren't COVID restrictions like that. And everyone's maybe fine with it at a certain point. But at that point, the guy who gets shipped out for him is going to hate it too. I don't know. Like this is, this is a mess. And it's a shame when we're really looking forward to the season that this is kind of overshadowing everything because there's no, there's no way this works. There's no way this works between him and the next. They're going to try, right? And it feels like this will just fail. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't forget COVID for a second. Whatever it is that takes a player away, that a player willingly makes a decision that's going to keep him away for that much time, that to me divides a locker room. There's just no way you can stand for that as a player. There's no way I could stand for that. Maybe Kevin Durant can can live with it. Maybe James Harden can live with it. But the rest of the guys who are fighting for playing time, the rest of the guys that are out there in practice, going in, you know, in the weight room, doing all of the stuff that they need to do, being, you know, being out at charity events, doing things that are required of them outside of the basketball team-related activities that they need to be a part of. And Kyrie's not there. And then he just gets to waltz in and be a starter. I don't care how good you are, man. Like that's going to piss me off as a player. So I don't know how Brooklyn rectifies this. I really don't. Uh, I don't know how long Kyrie is willing to to fight this. He's got plenty of money. He's got plenty of money. So he's going to get docked. I think the agreement between the union and and the league was 196th or 196th. Yeah. Yeah. Of a, so it's a, 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 basically the, the average of a, regular season and playoff game check. So you're going to get docked essentially a game check, but if he doesn't care about the money, I I don't, I don't see how he can build the necessary trust with his teammates to have that function. I don't know where the Brooklyn Nets go. I don't know where he can be traded. I jokingly said it's it's not original, but him for Ben Simmons, let's end both of these storylines, but that actually makes a little bit of sense. And if he's worried about staying like, near home in New Jersey. Philly is very close to New Jersey. It it actually kind of makes some sense. I don't know what they can really honestly do, but if Kyrie, I'll, I'll finish with this to your point, Kyrie Irving seems to be bothered by the actual playing of NBA basketball. So you don't get to get the money for NBA basketball. If you're bothered by the playing and you don't want to play. So just retire, void his contract, just retire and go live your life. You've made plenty of money. Go live your life and be happy. I'm I'm okay. Like this isn't all anti-Kyrie the person. Kyrie the person is cool and he does a lot of great things. Like I don't want that, that to be lost either. Kyrie does a lot of charitable stuff. His head is is in the right his heart is in the right place like 90% of the time. It's that 10% of the time that we're talking about here. So it's not anti-Kyrie, it's anti-Kyrie's decision. Yeah, I think that's her. And look, also the the game checks he misses don't take money away from the luxury tax. So the Nets aren't really going to be thrilled about this. Yes, they're they're True. not paying him, but they're not saving like even more money on top of that. So that probably makes it more of an incentive to move him for a guy that's going to, you know, play and help you win games because they're truly a title contending team. So we'll see how this plays out if he ends up getting vaccinated before the season starts or if they end up trading him, but certainly going to be a story to watch and something that's going to kind of linger on as we get towards the start of the year. So coming up next, we're going to talk about the Phoenix Suns, DeAndre Ayton. Should they, should they just pay him? 
Should they not pay him and should they negotiate with him? We'll get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Before we do that, though, today's episode is brought to you by the Sweatblock Antiperspirant Wipes. There's a couple of things in life that just aren't fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts, basically for no reason, it's really embarrassing. I give presentations a lot for work. I tend to wear darker colored shirts because I'm worried about sweating through those. You're seeing me in a dark colored shirt here. It's also hot and warm still. So whether you're on a date, whether you're at a wedding, whether you're just speaking in public, you never want to be dealing with excessive sweat. And that's why I and many others use the Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. And it's really simple. You just wipe them on at night before, go to bed. Next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweating. It's guaranteed to the tune of the dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. These things are going to work for seven days. You put them on once, you're good for the week. And they've been tested in like every single way. You've got to check out the Rachel Ray show where they have the firefighters testing these things. And it's currently the number one bestseller in the Amazon antiperspirant category. So if you deal with excessive sweating or you know someone who does, you've got to get them the antiperspirant sweat block wipes. You can get them today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. Are you in the middle of deciding, do you want to play fantasy basketball? Are you sick of the teams that have the players playing the most games each week winning? Are you sick of forgetting to set your lineups like I do all the time, which is why I don't play fantasy basketball? You know what? Go to download the Sleeper app. All right. The Sleeper app has a new thing. It's called Game Pick. It's a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, the owners pick one game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score. That levels the playing field. This is such a great idea. The days of losing because your opponent's players had more scheduled games, done. The mindless mindless busy work, done. Game Picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive ranking, pace of play, and more. So go download the sleeper app. They have cracked the fantasy basketball code. This is going to be the way you have fun again with fantasy basketball. So download the sleeper app and go to game picks. Start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. All right. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every single day. We are free and available five days a week for you all on basically every platform, including YouTube, where you may be watching us right now. And for your second listen, it's deep into the semifinals of the WNBA. So make sure you're checking out Locked On Women's Basketball. It's it's really the best coverage anywhere and the most in-depth when it comes to the WNBA playoffs. John, I know you're excited for those. Go right Connecticut Sun. There. I'm looking for the sun to come back. They're down 2-1 to the sky, but I believe in the Connecticut sun. I think they can come back. I think they can do it. I'm looking forward to going to a WNBA finals game in Connecticut. Let's go Connecticut. There you go. Check out locked on women's basketball, but we're going to talk right now about the Phoenix suns and Deandre Ayton. This is, this was a little bit surprising to see the report from Woj of ESPN on the Phoenix suns being a little bit reluctant to offer Deandre Ayton a max rookie extension. He's eligible for a five year, $172.5 million extension with escalators that could reach 207 million. 
This seems to me to be a no-brainer. This guy was such a key part of their run to the NBA Finals. He outplayed Jokic at times in the playoffs as well, the reigning MVP. He's significantly improved every single year he's been in the league. And for a Suns team that hadn't made the playoffs in, you know, a decade, 10 years, it seems like trying to lock up some of those guys, and they did that with Chris Paul, would be the right move. And now all of a sudden, you're starting to see them kind of Hit, hit an impasse. They have till October 18th to get a deal done. So about two more weeks, but it's very rare you see a deal done during this period of time. Is this just like a negotiating tactic to see if maybe they can get him for a little bit cheaper? Is this the smart move? You know, this is a guy who someone will offer the max to, I have to feel like I, I'm so torn. I, I don't want to, let Rob Sarver off the hook. Cause I don't know if this is just a money thing. I'm just not so inclined to pay that level of money to a traditional center in today's NBA. That's a lot of money to commit to a guy who sure he's, he's, he is a big part of what Phoenix is doing. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't get paid. I'm just not sure that he should get paid this much money. We're at a point where I think they have to pay him this much money. This is going to go down the road of, well, this is what you got to do to keep a guy. And this is what you got to do to kind of like, as, as an owner, you, you kind of have to just show that you spend that money. But I think in just real financial terms, the money that they're paying Aiton is way out of whack with today's league, with today's necessities, with the amount of money that you're going to have to spend in other places when a dynamic wing, another dynamic wing comes along, when you're going to have to find a Chris Paul replacement. The tax bill is going to get super high, super fast. And that's going to be what knocks the, the Rob Sarver kind of into, let's, you know what, we're going to, we're going to blow this up. Sarver is going to be willing to blow this up a lot faster than most owners. I just don't know that this is the right allocation of the money. I don't know what the real allocation is, but if in real terms, 14 million, 15 million for a traditional center, that's really good. I just, I don't think that today's NBA requires a team to spend max money on a center, regardless of how good he is. You know, it's interesting. So you're looking at kind of like in this, like in a vacuum, he's not worth this money, right? Like just kind of by himself and his style of play and who yeah. he is, he's not worth, worth a max deal. And so may, maybe from that perspective, I, I agree with you. You know, I, w- looking at him, he's such a good rim running big. He's a vertical threat. He's also an excellent rim protector and on the defensive side of the ball, right? Really propelled that Phoenix Suns defense at times. I look at it and go, yeah, I'd I'd pay that guy that kind of money. And he's so efficient around the basket when he needs to be. So, but I I get your argument of in a vacuum, like, no, don't, don't pay a center this kind of money. But then I look at it in like the actual real world here, right? This is a guy that's going to be a potential restricted free agent this off season. Someone's going to give him the max, right? Like someone will give him a max. It'll be a four-year max, but someone's going to give him a max. So you're going to end up giving him this money anyway, or you're letting him walk, right? You're not going to trade him. You're not going to get something in return from him or really anything unless you do a sign and trade, but it's minimal at that point. So you may as well just give him the money now. Do you want to risk locking him up on a four-year deal that was a restricted free agent match so he loses an extra year and some money 
And now he's upset and he's on your team and he had already made the decision in his mind and in his heart, let's say, to go to another franchise. And now you have this unhappy guy back. That just seems like a bad piece of business to me that you know it's going to end up with him getting paid in a max contract. So at this point, let's just make him happy, make him feel really good, make him love us and just offer him the deal right now because this is ultimately where these two sides are going to end up. Or at least for Aiton, it's you're going to get the bag. I'm willing to take the the restricted free agency risk. I'm willing to have him play pissed off for a season. I'm willing to have him go out there and be like, you know what? I'm whatever he's going to say, he's going to say. I want to see I want to see him go out there and do it again. I want to see him go out there and 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 prove that he deserves that money and I'm willing to match that contract. I I say this knowing that your point is completely valid. It is a good point. You want to keep the good vibes. You want to make sure that he's happy and all of that stuff. In the end, the guy's going to get paid money and he'll, he'll be happy enough. He's a professional. I'm willing to take the restricted free agency risk. And let's see exactly how willing other teams are to pay him that kind of money. Let's just see. I want to see exactly what the offers are out there. And then from there, you can match and and that's fine. You're not going to get caught with anything crazy. I don't think there's any way to structure that deal that's going to screw your team. This isn't like the old poison pill days of, you know, Daryl Morey in Houston. Me, I say just go go ahead and then if it's 4 years versus 5, fine. Then over the course of those 4 years, you can figure it out and you can you can still have the ability if he becomes this monster that deserves even more money and and earns that contract, then, hey, you can go and say, hey, we're going to give you that five years. We're going to give you those 8% raises and we're going to do all the stuff that you need to do. I think you can, you can smooth it over, over the course of time and, and deal with it. If you win a championship between now and then, and he leaves, you still got a championship and, you know, you still got the championship ring. So just because he's a center, just because he's a traditional center. And I really believe that you can get a traditional center to to approximate a a percentage of what he can do that's much higher than the percentage of the disparity of what you're going to pay these guys. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm trying to say there? I think you're going to pay yeah. you're going to pay 8 and 25, 30 whatever million dollars. You get, you get someone who give you 75% of what he does at at 40% of the price let's say or something or Thank something you. like that. Thank I, you I, I get that the much idea. Better than I could. I'm, I'm here for you. Um, <laughs> no, I, look, I get it. At the same point, I, th- I think he's not that replaceable. And I even think getting like 75, 70% of what he gives them could be really tough. And man, they were such a fun team. There were such good vibes around that team. Can they not really screw this up less than a year out because Robert Sarver is being cheap? Because to me, that's really the only reason we're going down this road. Yeah, it's like the, it's, is- look, you're not wrong. It's not the prudent it's the prudent thing to do, right? There's no reason to do this. He's going to be a restricted free agent. You can do the smart thing and maybe he gets hurt and he gets less money now or whatever. Man, I don't want to risk that. You you just gave your fans a season that they haven't ever had before. And now Sauber is like, hold on. We got to pay, pay the cleaning staff here in the offices yeah. some extra money because I'm going to do some stupid stuff with goats again. And it's going to make a mess. <laughs> like, you don't want the money being used as that. Like, pay Aiton. Pay Aiton. He's good. He's young. Yeah. He's had a breakout year. Don't be cheap, Robert Sarver. I really wish it was an owner other than Robert Sarver because you're right. <laughs> like, I'm trying, to, I'm to, trying to like 
make the smart financial move. I think you're right. Robert Sarver's just trying to be really cheap and I don't want to support him being cheap. Like I almost want to change my take just because I want Robert Sarver to pay the money. But I, I still think in the end, he still should pay the money anyway. I just want to see it play out a little differently. That's fair. They're going to be covering this over at Locked On Sun. So if you want to give that one a listen to find out a little bit more details on what's going on and what they think is going to happen, definitely the right move. So coming up next, we're going to be talking the GM survey. What did the GM say around the league? A couple of things piqued our interest. We'll bring it up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Hey, it's football season and you know where to go to bet on all of the pro and college games. It's Bet Online with a new updated site and interface even more odds props and contests bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football but it's obviously not just football we've got the baseball playoffs underway the wnba as we've said before you want to bet on the wnba go for it boxing everything plus your vegas casino games head on over to the website use your mobile device sign up today to get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on you win right away. You make a $200 initial deposit, a $100 welcome bonus right there in your account. So go to Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. It's where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Thank you very much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms five days a week, bringing you everything you want to know about the association. And for your second listen, we mentioned it earlier, check out the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast because it's the WNBA playoffs. They're covering it there better than anyone. So if you want to know a little bit more about what's going on, please check them out. But if you want to know more about the NBA, the GM survey is a really great way to kind of gauge how the league is thinking, how they view certain teams. Sometimes it it differs wildly from what we think and what other experts think as well. So I think it's always a good way to kind of gauge what's going on. A couple of things caught our eye, though. We're not going to break down the whole survey, and I'm sure most shows are covering where their teams were relevant in here. The first thing, though, John, that really jumped out at me, and I think this kind of describes like a lot of GMs and the way they think around the league, was if you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? So it's all the players are in a draft. You've got the number one overall pick. Basically, who are you taking? Number one was Luka Doncic with the Dallas Mavericks at 43%. Number two was Giannis with the Milwaukee Bucks at 40%. I'm going to be honest. This is crazy to me. This is wild to me that players would take. Look, Luka is amazing. An all NBA level talent, right? Looks like he's going to be a stud for a long time in the league. But you're going to take him, who's never been out of the first round of the playoffs, over a two time MVP in Giannis and the guy that just led the Milwaukee Bucks to an NBA title. <laughs> I like two I struggled and a with half this one. months ago. Yeah, like not, not a long time ago. I, to an extent, I get it. And I get the reason that they're saying this, right? They're looking at age. You have Giannis who is, wait, hold on, I'm going to save Giannis's age because that's where this is what really gets me. They're looking at Luca's age, right? And being like, right. oh, I'm going to draft this guy for 10 years and have him for 10 years and I'm going to be the GM of this team for so unbelievably long and we're going to win all of the titles and all of that. But most of these GMs are going to be fired 
before they have the the success they want with Luka Doncic. He's 22. He'll be 23 this season. Giannis is 26. This is not a dude who's like 31, 32. They're thinking 10 years down the line. If I'm a GM, I'm taking Giannis. I'm going to ride the next five years to five titles and keep my job longer than those guys who drafted Luka number one. I just don't get it because <laughs> I and I love Luka. I'm with you. I love Luka. But this dude, like you said, he's he's just just entering his prime just now, like opening the door. Hello, Prime. Let me come on in. <laughs> and two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. We just saw him have two of the most amazing NBA Finals games in in like that we've ever seen. We just saw him drop fifty in a clincher. We just saw him make the most amazing defensive play that we've ever seen in the NBA Finals. Arguably, this is a guy like who here. just. Two and a half months ago was awarded the finals MVP because he dragged a Milwaukee team that was soiling itself in prior rounds. And he said, you know what? Not today. And he went out there and he carried that team to a championship and, and half the league's GMs are like, nah, I'm gonna go with Luca. Even though he just got his coach fired. I'm going with Luca. And I love he doesn't Luka. play He's good awesome. defense either. You He's mentioned awesome. it. Defensive player of the year for Giannis. He plays both sides of the ball. Like, don't overthink this. Just take the yeah, best player exactly. in the league. It, it, it'd be one thing if Giannis was like 34, 32, even right. 30, you could sell me on, right? Like Kevin Durant is a great example because Kevin Durant is older, and but he is so freaking good. Like, yeah, like when they say, who do you want with taking the shot, the last shot? It's Kevin Durant. Like, okay, yeah, I get that. Sure. You can say, geez, KD is older. You you get one more shot at maybe two. I I can I can have that debate, but not with Giannis. No. No. And and here's the best part about Giannis. He's still getting better. There are still obvious things that he can do to improve (laughs) his game. He's he's still getting better. And he's already won two MVPs and a title and a finals MVP. Come on. There should be some votes for Luca in this. It shouldn't be more than Giannis, and this shouldn't have even been particularly close. And also, just tells you probably that like about half the the GMs in the league are I, I don't even know what they're thinking and probably it, deserve. It's to not be even GMs. It's GMs assistants. It's it, this. Let's let's just be real about this. this it's staffers, and there are some staffers yeah. in there that are like in love with Luca, which you should be. We should be in love with Luca. He is an amazing talent. He's awesome. He should be getting MVP odds, but. Mm, Let's, like you said, not over Giannis. Overthinking it. Overthinking it. Hey, can we talk What'd about what you rule see in the survey? Stuff? Yeah, I was going to say, you've got something too, right? I love the fact that they asked about the rules change stuff because I don't think they asked about it last year. What rule most needs to change? Number one, take fouls. The Nikola Jokic, I just made a bad pass and they're going to go off on a break. So I'm going to foul a guy in the backcourt and they're just going to get the ball out of bounds. And you get to go set back, set your defense. That is a horrible rule. Uh, we just came off of uh, Team USA winning gold in in international play. That is an intentional foul. That is two shots in the ball. That should be the rule in the NBA. They do so many things in the NBA to try and improve offense, and they have the clear path foul rule for sort of this. 
But this is the spirit of the clear path rule is exactly what these take fouls in transition do. You have made a bad play as one team. The other team is now getting ready to go off on a two-on-one, three-on-one, two-on-none, exciting play, potentially one of those, you know, rock the cradle in transition dunks that everybody loves to see. And somebody just goes foul. And all you do is, you okay, so you get a foul. The defense that gets it goes back and, and set its, itself, and, and you just start out. You, you slow the game down, and you get rewarded for fouling somebody. I hate, hate, hate that rule. You got to take on no, that? No, look, I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of with you on that one. I, I think it's terrible. And look, I don't want anything that slows the game down anymore. I don't particularly – they need to do something with the coach's challenge too, which was number two in all of this. Yeah. But, the sixth one, I think, is the one that's got oh, you I also really excited. The Elam ending. I want the Elam ending all the time. With four minutes to go, five minutes to go in the game, or when you take that timeout, there's a timeout in that three, four-minute range, right? You should, at that timeout, set or, or maybe change when that timeout gets taken. You say, okay, from here, you got to score, what is it, 15 more points? The next, you know, whatever that target score is. The leading team. So let's just say for round numbers that it's a 90 to 85 game with three minutes to go. They can say, okay, first team to 105 wins. That eliminate, eliminates double overtime. That creates an, a game winner in every single game. That creates some excitement at the end. And it it shortens overall the games because you're, you're basically eliminating overtimes. I think when you look at historically overtimes, we think of them as, wow, you know, th- these teams are, have gotten together and they're so close. It's so great to have overtime. Overtimes are like five to three very often. They're not huge scoring. They're, they're really disappointing. Affairs, right? Like you get to overtime. You've had this, this amazing finish somehow to get to that overtime. And overtime is so invariably disappointing. Let's create the Elam ending, which we loved at that all-star game. Let's create some so that was of so that. that was fun. Like I really enjoyed fun. them testing it out in that format. You know, they had it tied into Kobe and and all of that, which was really cool too. Like that was so much fun. And you, you mentioned the greatest, the great part of this, right? It's the game ends on a game winning shot, no matter what. It right. might be a huge differential in the game winning shot, but that'd be such a fun stat to track too. Right. That's something you'd have on basketball reference of like game winning shots for the Elam ending who made those shots and you could track them as the season went on. Like that would be really fun. I think imagine as a fan being told, Hey, you're going to a game tonight. That's guaranteed to have a game ending shot. Now, maybe that game ending shot will be a free throw. That's a possibility. It might be anticlimactic, but it might be there in theory, but it's there, you know, at the end in the fourth quarter, there's a chance one of these teams is going to win on a, a final shot. And that, I think, every time that happens, you're going to see the crowd go nuts and the team go nuts. It's just going to raise excitement. I think that the fact that that's sixth, that, that should be first or second in my book. I, I'm so pro Elam ending. I, I want it. I hope they test this one out in like the G league at some point for just a season. Like there's no reason not to at all. Like that one makes, it makes so much sense to just say, we're going to do this all year. I don't know. We'll see, but they could definitely use a few tweaks to the rule changes to make things a whole lot more interesting. Look, anything that drives up interest, right? We're going to hear a lot of talk about ratings and stuff this year, which I'm, 
not looking forward to and I don't particularly care. And this kind of maybe helps some of that. So I think it'd be a smart move. But there you go. That's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. Only a couple more weeks before the season starts. As always on Wednesday, I'm your co-host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales, host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at Reds Army underscore John. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with you all next week. Go Sun! <laughs>